Sweet. Welcome back, people. It's good. First post-show podcast for Alex. I'd say he's like feeling healthy-ish yeah. now, relatively. Um, let's do a little recap on that show. Just kind of how you're feeling now in general. So, um, yeah, feeling. You know, you know, like how it is post-show. Like you feel, you feel more alive because you got food in you. But currently dealing with the back end of a chest infection slash whatever the fuck I was going through in prep, which was less than ideal, uh, you know, going into peak week. Um, but we've had two shows, which is good, uh, at the regional, uh, which is a nice little warm up that presented its own problems going into that, which mm. was fun. But, you know, looking back at it in hindsight, it was a good show, good warm up, um, got some good stage time uh, under my belt. And it was weird, man, because like two years off stage, stepping back in, you, know, you forget a lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I've got okay. everything. Right. I've got everything. I wouldn't have noticed too much, though. Yeah? I wouldn't have you noticed. You don't know, you wouldn't much. like, but it's like in your head when you're stepping back onto that stage, you're like, what the fuck? And because, yeah, like, for yeah. me, I was literally on stage for 30 seconds. Mm. So we did one. Yeah, with the two It was just mad front quick. Back it was front yeah, and yeah. back, mad quick, in and out. And I was like, what the, the fuck, fuck just, just happened? happened? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, genuinely. And I stepped in and I was like, where am I? What's just happened? Was that it? And then I was like, it was that good enough? And then you get off stage and you're backstage and you're like, what the fuck? Oh no, I blew my lot too quick. Yeah, yeah, Is that it? Are we done? done. It was wild. Did you finish? Yeah, literally. Like, it's, uh, it's just so fucking like, so fast. Um, we got the result. We won. Won my class. Um, and then in the overall, um, came, I don't even know if it was second or third or whatever it was, but it's a weird one when it comes to the regionals and two pros. It's um, mm. slight, judged slightly differently than it would be a pro qualifier. Yeah, I've heard that. And it's, it's kind of difficult to kind of ascertain any real justification for that. Yeah. Like, why would you mark them differently? Yeah. Like, at the end of the day, you're categorizing your results based off who you think is the best athlete there. Mm. The, like, the reward at the end of it, whether it's a pro card or not, shouldn't really change that decision too mm. much. But obviously it does whether or not it's like on the criteria or like just subconsciously because um, that's something that I think I noticed as well um, with the pro show how that overall went and obviously mm-hmm. Louis getting his card which we might talk on in a little bit but mm-hmm. let's kind of keep going with the regionals and yeah. so on first yeah so it's like from, from a regional standing point they look more for, especially from two birds they, they look more for potential yes and so it's not genuinely the physique that is rewarded on that, mm. um, which That's is frustrating, true. you know, as an athlete, you know, you, you have to, especially from being from the UK, you have to do a regional. Mm. And as I was saying, like, I've mentioned this to you before, it's like, I don't see, and this uh, this may sound arrogant to some people, but for, for, for me, like, genuinely trying to go for my pro card and vying for my pro card and being in the mix, I don't see winning my class as a great achievement, and, and that sounds quite arrogant but it's not meant in that sense it's like for me I need to be winning overalls like in order for me to be validated in terms of you're in the right spot yeah. uh, and, and I need to be pro in, yes yeah. yeah because if I'm not up there in the mix and I'm not up there against the best and um, I'm not winning my class <laughs> yeah. I've got a bit of a problem and I'm, you know I, I, I shouldn't really be having a conversation about trying to be a pro um, but ultimately for me you know, you know, it is always a nice thing to, to get that win and be like right good we're clean, we're in, the, we're in the mix, we're into the overall, let's go and smash the back doors off that. But you get lessons, man, like even upon review of, of doing uh, of, of the, the regional, 
But the amount of footage and just looking back and looking back at the overall package, it was like I was full as a house. For the regional. I was so full. Mm. I was like mad full. And this is pre-illness as well. Yes. That's really awesome. into that show, like I had a lot of problems with water retention. Yes. Mm. Hmm. That was prolactin. Prolactin any two. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that was uh Literally, me and Dealt Cal. with swiftly and very, very, very well you know genetically. Blood Lab, respect with Blood Lab for that. Like shout Blood out Lab, out. shout out to the boys for that because they were so impeccable with getting me, number one, getting me booked in in the morning. I got there, I got my bloods back within, literally within 12 hours. Um, and I could then action it and get something, you know, put in place in terms of, in this instance, it was Kaber and... Um, Aromacin, in order to balance things out, um, just like minimal doses, nothing crazy, and we just kind of like to, uh, push that through into the show. Um, you don't want to push Cape High. You do not want to push Cape High. You don't want to put up dopamine too much. Like, but um, it's it's quite interesting. Like I was looking at the association between dopamine receptors and obviously burnout and addiction, mm. which obviously being a recovering addict, like I put could potentially be prone to that. Yeah, yeah. Hence why I've always got high prolactin. So anyway, that's something for another day. Um, but they dealt with that really quick. So then that kind of led me into the show. But that was only like four or five days out. I was able to put that into place. Yeah. So that didn't have a huge impact for me leading into the show. Uh, so which meant me, me stepping on stage a bit softer than I would have liked. But I was still nonetheless full as a fucking house. That fullness, if I carried that into the, the pro qual, mm. would have been sick. Yeah. And that's what I was about to say then. Because obviously... Health kind of took a little bit further return then in mm. those two weeks between those. Um, obviously, you had to be. Did you use? I know you had to hold off on them, but did you use like much or any antibiotics during that? No. Like, no. So, no. yeah, that, that's the issue then. Like, obviously, you want to use these antibiotics to kind of take that down, but then using antibiotics at that point in time where like your GI is going to be very fucking sensitive, mm. um, it can very easily throw you off. A lot of water retention off the back of that. Yeah. Um, it's just not something you want to throw in there. No. Um, even though you can say oh it's going to fix this problem it's going to create a More plethora problems. of other ones yes. in the context of getting on stage yeah. like obviously if it's just for illness we're not anti-antibiotics no. if you need to take them fucking take them but it can definitely damage the, the look um, but then on the other side of the same coin when you are that kind of ran down cortisol's high um, and just a lot of inflammation in your body your ability to uptake carbs is going to be pretty downregulated well, for me, it's the other way around. I was really, I was soaking carbs up mad quick. You were burning through them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you weren't holding them that no. quick. That's what's well, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. up taking up and holding onto it. Yeah, yeah, I was burning through food like a motherfucker. Mm. So as Darius has said, like in the period between regional and then the pro qualifier, I had two weeks, and I pretty much instantly got ill, and then it's just manifested itself where I literally was at the point where. I needed antibiotics desperately, but I wouldn't, because I, I wouldn't take them because of the water retention, yeah. and I was already struggling with water retention, so I was just like, well, fuck me, <laughs> what do I do here? I can't, <laughs> I can't fucking do anything here, so I literally just had to suck it up it's and get on there. Bro, I literally, I was in such a bad way, and I literally just dug the fuck in and just cracked the fuck on, and I'm, you know, I'm so glad I did that, because that was another level of dedication, because I, I was so ready to throw in the towel. I, would, I messaged Cal being like, bro, I need to either go to hospital or take antibiotics at this point. I was like two days out and I was like, I don't even know if I can cross that line. Mm. 
But we did in the end, ultimately. Um, and I came in tight. I came in really fucking tight. But because of the amount of food I was consuming, it was like 1,000 carbs per day just to fill me up. Two days, was it? Oh, two days. Two, two days back loaded. Okay. 1,000 carbs per day just to fill me up and I wasn't getting full. It was, it was a madness. <laughs> it was an absolute fucking madness. The fact that I stepped on stage. And I, it was frustrating because I felt I felt good in the sense that I was there and I was present. I was you know I was four years clean. And that was the biggest thing for me. And that's why I was probably so adamant of stepping onto that stage. Four years clean and sober was the, was the goal. Um, and stepping onto that stage was what it is that I wanted to do to showcase where you can come from when you come from nothing. Mm. And... Even though I wasn't a hundred percent, and I wasn't holding on, on to the fullness, I wasn't able to hit my shots. And like, you know, when you're full, you go, yeah, and everything's you, just there, and it and it's tight. Like right, right now, I go boom, and it's like, yeah, yeah, man, yeah. <laughs> yeah but it's like I feel good right now. You know, it wasn't there, um, which is frustrating. Which meant when I looked flat on stage. Um, well, I looked full initially, and then within about five minutes, I peed off. Um, which is which is pretty fucking crazy, but still won my class. And then in the overall, got butt hurt and <laughs> pushed to the right hand. Side. You know, bro, my head went. Yeah, I was like, oh, you know what? I was like, I oh, shit with that up on stage. You were up there, and then I seen kind of like you not posing outside. My sure was before or after you got moved, but I seen you kind of like sat down with the pose and stuff. And I was like, because I wasn't being looked at. I know. Oh, uh, you know the judges. I so I'd either been pushed to the side for confirmation of being like, yeah, cool, he won, confirm, second, third. Mm. In my head, it was like that. But then when the judges stopped looking at me in its entirety, I was like, mm. you're last place, bro. <laughs> it's like, yeah, you're time. not in the mix. Like, you're not in the mix. And I was just like, cool, just keep smiling. And I was like, and then I started sweating because I was panicking. And then I was trying to outpost my sweating. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like this is just not a fucking good look. Um, but you know what? I, upon review on, on seeing everything and looking back at it, it's like I was I was probably like about seventy percent. I was going through hell with the fucking illness. I'd had a fucking shit peak week a couple of weeks before leading into that with the water retention. Like it's not been the easiest prep of my life. Uh, but, two, but two really good results. And I'm definitely in the mix for a pro card at some point. Yeah. Without a shadow of a doubt. Yeah, and I think going on that it's like it hasn't been the easiest it's definitely probably been the most obstacles Much, you could face yeah. in a prep yeah. and that's what makes it so fucking rewarding yeah. and that's why you're in such a good position now off the back yeah. of that I just, again this is what like, I always push and always say to people it's it's that ability to kind of adapt to those ever changing scenarios when things aren't going according to yeah. plan because if you're going into a prep and you're saying okay all this is going to be absolutely perfect and exactly <laughs> what I'm doing man, you're, that's a fucking pipe dream yeah. like let's Take a little and yeah, accept that shit's gonna happen. Especially as an assisted athlete, you know, like mm. I've never had a obviously like my last prep before this was like it was pretty straightforward. It was like dead simple. I've never had a situation where I was in this time where it was it literally every single day seemed to be something new that's cropped up. And I felt bad on Cal because each time I had to message him being like I've got hey, another bro, problem. I've got another fucking problem. <laughs> and it's just like exactly as you said, like when you get into that position, you can either let your head fucking go or you can dig the fuck in even more, even more than is required for any other prep, mm. even, even more that's required for prep in general because prep's hard mm. and you have to push through and step on stage the best you can. And it just shows that you know you can still go in and 
even though you're not 100% in yourself, you may not mentally think you're good, yeah. you're still better than anyone else because that's... You made it up there. Yeah, you, yeah. You, yeah, you made it up there. Yeah. It's that mindset thing, like mindset over anything else. Like Visualise what it is you want and go fucking execute it. Yeah, I remember that happened like, with one of my first shows and I was like disappointed because there wasn't many people there. Like it was juniors, it was a shit federation um, and it just wasn't a big show at all. And I remember my dad saying to me, and obviously I didn't take it well at the time, but he was like, you still bet everyone who didn't show up. But like, mm-hmm. you kind of see it now, and I'm like, yeah, that's, that is fair. You know what I mean? Because like, you could say, oh, well, not everyone wants to, but like, think about the amount of people who did consider and then pulled out for whatever reason, or just mm-hmm. never even actually got going with it. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot. Yeah, 100%. So knowing that you actually have came ahead of them. I think, it's, I think it's one of those things, is that people like the concept of prep, but then when it actually gets into it, and the nitty gritty, mm-hmm. And actually, having to restructure your life, yes, to fit around prep. Yeah, prep becomes numero uno above, over above anything and everything else. Yeah, and it is so dichotomous. Like you can also like playing devil's advocate, especially here for the sake of like conversation and discussion. But I think it's very easy to see why people don't appreciate that because, mm-hmm. like. It doesn't sell. If you're kind of giving everything like as raw and unedited as possible, people think that you're a little bit fucking loopy, you're going overboard, you're taking it too seriously. Mm. Excuse me. So people, what they do is, they'll vlog the highlight reels. Or they get like, people will follow the fitness influencers who do a prep and see what it's like from their perspective, but they're not the ones who have pushed through a very significant off-season. They're usually kind of genetically gifted, kind mm. of holding around a similar body composition. Um, and then they just kind of diet relatively passively. Yeah, I might suck a little bit towards the end. Odds are, you're not in that category. Because um, most of us aren't in that category of like just very good genetics. If you did, you'd know about it. And you'd mm. probably be one of those people. Um, so that side of it doesn't sell. And then when other people talk about it, they're just seen as kind of like deluded or like um, very highly neurotic. Mm. You know what I mean? So I think it is a matter of like having more of these conversations and like opening up what exactly goes into it mm. but also not setting that expectation that like it's just going to suck from day one like you can be pretty present throughout the process and enjoy yeah. it um, it is just a matter of kind of maturity perspective and timing as well being yeah. a very important thing not jumping into a prep like for the sake of it and then again what I always push for people is like setting up that pre-prep phase and knowing what it's going to entail and then making sure everything adjusts around that beforehand because I think mm. it was uh, it's Aaron Thompson put up a reel I think Jim was watching yesterday might have been an old one um, but about like before prep people think like as prep goes on you have to start getting up earlier and earlier and earlier um, and doing all that stuff which yeah you may do but it probably makes sense to kind of set those standards beforehand get yourself in a good routine um, like again I'm doing like 20 minutes cardio daily in that pre-prep phase I was doing like 10-15 minutes on the treadmill or a walk outside early I could do it throughout the day I didn't have to do it early because of uh, time constraints it's not as if it was too busy no. that was the only time I could do it but I know by the end of prep I'm going to have to be getting up at that time to get it done because I'm going to have to be spending 60-90 minutes doing cardio mm-hmm. and then have a lot more workload throughout mm-hmm. the day and then have like 15,000 steps to hit mm-hmm. so you need to kind of create the budget for that time allocation yeah. beforehand and make sure you have all your ducks in a row mm. yeah it's exactly what I did to be mm-hmm. fair you know, like literally creating that habit early of 
this is what I'm doing. I'm doing it at this time, and that's my life now. Yeah. And it's like you build your life around what it is you need to do. Exactly as you said, like things get longer in prep; they barely, rarely get shorter. So, so you have yeah. more work to do. Mm. So, if you create that 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 framework is in, in, in an instant or early on in that in that process you have you have that ability and that remit to work through that and, and build more time into your day yeah. i mean ultimately if it's detracting away from like sleep i have a guy at the moment he's competing and he's unnecessarily putting you know getting up at, at a ridiculous time to go and do okay. cardio yeah. and then so, so what else do you do for the rest of the day and he was like well it's free you know like okay well you're not sleeping so yeah you've got to think about you know that integrity and like holding on to like the most important factor is sleep mm. you know like yeah. if you're not fucking sleeping especially like at the best of times because sleep gets compromised mm. you've got to just like look after what you possibly can do yeah and remember that like there is a qualitative component to sleep it's not just like, oh, I was in bed for eight hours, therefore I was asleep <laughs> for eight hours. Like, yeah, but you spent probably an hour on your phone, then it's like an hour after mm-hmm. you actually get asleep. And then because that like sleep onset hasn't occurred until like half 11, you're not going to get as much deep sleep because we kind of get most of that deep sleep from like 12 to like two o'clock. Yeah. And usually it's like two hours into your sleep, um, which is why like, look, you can say, oh, I get whatever time of sleep and that's enough. But the t- like the actual hours you go to sleep also matter in terms of getting deep sleep, um, and yeah, man, that comes down to like your pre-bed routine and stuff. We might have spoken about this beforehand, but like I think so that's the biggest shortcoming of so many people. I think the basis of sleep and hydration, like outweigh ninety percent of the fitness content that you see mm. on fucking social media. Mm. Like I guarantee for ninety percent of people, and this isn't just like fitness related and getting in shape. For people who are just in a bad headspace, unproductive, if you sort those two things out, that's going to fix so many of your fucking problems. Mm. And it might sound a little bit ludicrous, like getting so worked up about those two things, but fuck me, man, it's so apparent. Mm. I don't know anyone who's like in a bad headspace to have good sleep and good hydration. Mm. Well, yeah. Well, it's genuinely as you say this to me, it's like when I got ratty in prep, she's like, go upstairs and have a fucking nap. Come back down after my nap, be like, hey, hey, hey how are you doing? <laughs> but it is the truth. It's just like you yeah, nap your yeah. fucking life in prep. Yeah. Just like a good 40 minute power nap, bro. And you're just like, eye mask on or pull your beanie down, put your earplugs in and just pass out, bro. There's yeah. no better feeling. You wake up and like, you're going to be groggy as shit because. You're in a really disoriented. Yeah, honestly, the amount of times I woke up disoriented, but I know I had a deep ass sleep. Man. Yeah. But anyway, going back to the shows, like plans now. We are in. Where are we? <laughs> there's a million of different one things that could happen. Well, it's what Cal wants me to do, and then there's what Alex wants to do. Mm-hmm. So the plan is ultimately to hold body composition in a reasonable place, put on a little bit of weight, and then just hold there 94, 96-ish kilos. Like that's probably my most productive weight area as well. And then that also gives me ability to like go eight weeks out, boom, off we go. Yeah. Pull off. Because you're at 88 on stage and you're at 90 now. So 90.3 this morning, yeah. Yeah, so like that's fuck off. Yeah, it's nothing. Yeah, most people like jump up four kilos in the first two days. Yeah. But I've been smart with regards to like the post show treats and, and, 
Huh? Pink and whites. You made pink and whites are life. Like I smash, like, honestly, I smash a whole like sixteen a day. They're my favourite thing in the world. If you don't know about pink and whites, guys, get to know because they are. I should be sponsored by them. All my clients want them now. <laughs> honestly, they're OG now. They're like my pump up mates. But um, yeah, so we ninety point three. Cal wants me to stay in that remit and then potentially do shows October, November abroad. Um, which could potentially work. It depends on if I bring through any more size or whatever it is. But from, from my standing point, I would prefer to just hold off until this time next year and go again for the Ben Leader. That makes more sense to me. Like give myself full, full ability to rest, recover, recuperate, TRT for another eight weeks-ish, give or take, and then go into a proper structured off-season on a little bit more tissue build, build my legs mm. build, a little, build a little bit more tissue uh, on my upper body and then from there transition to a prep for 2024 and then come through and actually be fucking ready for it you know because um, was, I wasn't far off this year you know yeah. they and just went through a very of, different look I think that kind of decision and timeline and obviously the way things are kind of still up in the air about that is more so mediated like by proxy of how ill you were like if the illness wasn't a factor getting you up there in front of a different panel jumping into different shows and um, seeing ways sort of different lineups probably could have been a more suitable uh, route to go down mm. um, but obviously with how things had been and like that's probably again why like as I said pull down to TRT right now is to get health markers yeah. back in check um, because obviously yeah we do everything smart we take all our health stuff but at the end of the day Steroids are still going to cause yeah, issues. Yeah, um, so being conservative with that when possible. Um, the post-show period is a very fucking smart place to do that. I think if you push hard on prep, you need that. Um, yeah. If you didn't get as lean, and if you weren't on high drugs for as long a period of time, then maybe yeah, you could justify like a heavy rebound. Yeah. Keeping drugs higher. Not indefinitely, not saying going straight into a, a gaining phase, but kind of delaying that health phase. Mm. so let's say maybe like 8 to 10 weeks it's probably 6 to 8 weeks of like keeping drugs high post show as food goes up then after that 8 week mark then pull your drugs down and let the food keep doing its thing mm. um, and that wouldn't align up it, it, that's what I was thinking but then if that wouldn't then line up with me potentially doing shows in October November because then it would just kind of like yeah. fuck up that calendar so for me I think more so just because of like you need to get health, health back check. yeah health is more important health is the most important thing guys there's only one of you like, and that's the reality of it like it doesn't make a fucking difference how sick you look on stage or whatever it is if you're if you're fucked you're fucked and that, that I could have carried on and done more shows like I mentally I wanted to like that's that's me as an individual like I was like I really want to fucking carry on I know I'm close to getting my card. I know if I went to, for example, Sweden, there was, is it FIBO? If, uh, FIBO? FIBO was last so weekend. FIBO last weekend that I could have done. They had pro cards there. Uh, there was, you know, that's like two additional shows at weekends on the truck, which could have potentially been in the mix, which, you know, I could have done. Yeah. The reality is, it's like, I could put, I'd end up just burning out. Yeah. And it ain't about that. Like, there's literally no point burning out because worst case scenario, I'll either end up in hospital or even worse than that, I'd end up dead, or even worse than that, I'd lose all my tissue. 
We don't want to lose muscle. <laughs> that comes after death. Yes, that's the most important thing. I could die, or even worse, I'm already I could dead, be man. small. I lost my muscle, man. You know what I mean? Like, shit. Even worse than that, man. Man. But that's the reality. Like, you know, like, I, I, I'm refused because for me, now is a great opportunity to be like, rebound, let's go. I'm still fucking feeling great or good enough that I can hold on to all the tissue I've got and build off that. So that makes more sense for me. I'm just thinking, man, if you died, people carrying your coffin, just like, because obviously being very top heavy, yeah. like, <laughs> very slant. <laughs> it's like, I'll, like, look, I'll get the back, it's really yeah, light. Yeah, <laughs> it's built like a truck. It's built like a Is it feet first or head yeah. first again? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Well, anyway, that's that the main focus of this next training block to bring up my legs. Yeah. I said to Cal, I was like, look, I'm fucking the amount of trolling I get on fucking Instagram about my legs, man. Yeah. Just my tits in. It's not even but like. Also, also, let's let's bring this back to where was it yesterday before you posted other trolls. The comment about you getting too fat in off season. Uh, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, that was very well done. How long was that plan for? Like initially, I think you said that to me when that comment came up. That was thirty four weeks ago. Yeah, you were deep in off season. I was came up and You were deep. like, I can't wait to show this. Yeah, show this little bitch. Like, when I peel, I'll bitch, show you how necessary it is. Um, but that's the reality though man like yeah, I'll, I'll probably grab a screenshot and put it up on yeah. the screen here to show us but um, yeah people commenting like what was it saying like this is unnecessarily fat or something yeah it, you, you, well bro this is this has gone too far and then I had I deleted loads of them I deleted loads of them I kept a couple of them just for my own motivation yeah. but it was just like people just, like, being like this is too far you got too fat what's mm. with the gut um, yeah. it's just like <clears throat> you don't get it you don't get it People don't understand bodybuilding, okay? Yeah. And I think, as a, I don't really care if you understand or not. Like, you either, you're either in the industry watching this or you're watching it for your own amusement. I don't really care which one. But it's like, if you're in the industry, you understand what is necessary. Mm-hmm. And there are points where, yes, you may go too far. That's what but if yeah. you're, Some people do go too Yes, far. some people will go too far. But with regards to a big push-up over a long, sustained period of time, without recomposition, I didn't recomp once over my 18-month off-season, that push-up required me to go to a place of discomfort that I knew I was mad uncomfortable with what I carried on doing it. Mm. Like, I was in hospital again, you know, that's a fucking common trend here, right? (laughs) Um, Like, I was in hospital getting all my tubes down my throat this time last year. Because I was like so distended and bloated, couldn't process food or whatever it is, and I'm yeah, there. You were like that, and I was like two weeks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the opposite. Yeah. So, but it's like, but then that that mindset of you is just like eat your food, yeah, yeah. get on with it, mm. get the fuck on with it. And it's funny because that was us last year, mm. and now we're sat here. The roles reversed. The roles reversed again. <laughs> yeah. You've officially finished prep, and today is day one for me. Yeah. Uh, interesting. But yeah, people need to understand that that it is required. Just don't go fucking too far with it. But when you're doing a mad push-up and you are pushing up to the degree that you need to, and it's your first ever proper push-up, to, to get the tissue that you need, you do have to go there. But just don't be a fat fucking mess, like a fat, fat mess. Like this was still relatively controlled. I do find, though, that there's a lot of uh, keyboard warriors out there, man. Oh, yeah. You, half the shit that people write to me online... You wouldn't say to my fucking face. And then when I do see them into their face to face. Oh, hey, Alex. Like, oh, hey, Alex, how are you? Congratulations on your yeah, show. I'm like, yeah. you're a fucking snake, mate. Suck my dick, literally. In every domain of life. Um, yeah. But yeah, kind of like what we're saying there with... Ugh. That monster has me gassy, boy. Um, yeah, like what we were saying with... Uh, I think context of a push-up. And not just looking at things like... 
prep or off season but like if you're bodybuilding off season should be a long fucking time yes. and then you should have very different reference points for where you are in that off season like you can't say oh yeah like he, he looks like he's in off season if he's like three weeks into his off season <laughs> like you shouldn't look off season no. at that point you know what I mean like I, I always say to people like if you've if you need to even mini cut within six months yes. of a f- competition sure, prep yeah. you've fucked it like mm-hmm. you need to keep that shit relatively tight mm-hmm. obviously there is a level of like increasing body fat that you accept but don't take the piss with that don't say cool off season let's get the cows in you're gonna fucking ruin it mm-hmm. um, so if you look like how, how you looked at the end of that was it 12 month push or was it that was like that, that was 16 months 16 months push and then prep yeah and then prep okay so like if you looked like that after 6 months into your push yeah that would be a problem big problem big fucking problem yeah yeah but I you know what I think for, for the majority of people pushing back up to reasonable body body weight after show is important what does that mean that doesn't mean go and smash all the food after your show yeah. and put on fucking 12 kilos of fucking fat and water because that's all it's going to be because you're just going to fuck up your off season doing that yeah if it's uncomfortable for you to breathe after a meal you got a problem stop being a fat cunt yeah, yeah. people just need to chill on the fucking post show treats yeah I don't know where this I don't know where this mindset's come from I get I get for like maybe a first timer that ritual of like I dieted for X amount of time I'm going to go and smash food yeah cool crack That's on exactly. you've never done it before yeah. and I would actually encourage you to go and fuck yourself up to go and realise how much you should never do that because like this exact conversation with me last week yeah. like you have to go through this as humans we learn from vicarious experience it's by proxy of having done something and fucked up that you then learn what not to do 100%. like you can read the theory you can understand and have like basic principles and obviously get some tips from people and check in with people more so on a mental like psychological um, basis but man until you actually kind of like cross that line you're like okay I've now crossed the line mm. shit's different over this side of the line mm. I don't want to come back over here no and it's just a level of maturity as well and like yeah. that's why um, and then there's the other side of the spectrum I'm not sure there's many people here but I've seen this a few times in Ireland where like Again, fitness influencers of some sorts decide to do a prep. They have a large following. They don't have much muscle, whatever. They don't die down. They don't place well. They feel bad. They binge. They don't handle post-show well. And then they use that platform to slate bodybuilding and say how much it's given them an eating disorder. Mm. Like That is irresponsible as mm. fuck. You're coming in slating this sport because of your lack of maturity, mm. your lack of ownership. Most of these people do it without a coach as well because they're too famous, too fucking outsourced, mm. and too much of an ego. Um, lack of self-control. Lack of self-control, man. As opposed to like saying, right, this can be an issue. I've made this mistake. Let me try and help other people not to make this mistake. Yes. Let me spread some awareness. Nope, not my fault. Let's spread some awareness <laughs> as to why this thing is bad. Do you have hands? Yes. Do you have a mouth? Yes. Did you put that in your mouth? Yes. Mm. It's your fault. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, have fucking self-control. And I think it's that that lack of self-control and that as soon as you start those floodgates, or you open those floodgates and you mm. consistently are binging and putting that into your mouth, it's very difficult to stop. Because yeah. it's like, oh, I've already started now. I've already fucked up. Let's just crack on. I'll just recomposition. It's like, yeah, but okay, now you just fucked up even more. Because now you got to recomp again, bro. But yeah. like, you, you've just finished a fucking 16, 20 week prep. You're two weeks post show and now you've got to recomp again. Are you mad? Mm. It's like, what? 
do you really want to do that? Yeah, that's literally saying, oh, I've undone that 20 weeks of dieting <laughs> in two in weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> like, there's a 10 to 1 ratio of weight gain and weight literally... loss. Yeah, that's bad. That's a fucking madness. Bad, bad. I'm, I'm seeing it left, right, and centre at the moment. Yeah. And it's and look, we actually mean that when we say it. Like, it is fucking difficult. Yeah. Like, when you're in that position, yeah. we're not saying it's hard. We're not trying to talk down on people who binge. Like, it's yeah. fucking tricky. I've been there after my first show. Hands up, as I said, most people will. Um, then it was a good few years off and actually went through it again. I didn't learn from my first time. So the next time was, this was when I finished up with Cal and this is why I had to take ownership of it. Mm. And I didn't blame the sport. I didn't say X, Y, and Z. It was me after leaving a, a relatively well-paid job to work in a very unwell-paid job in a gym so I could like bodybuild mm. a little bit more, build up my business, PT and online coaching. Um, I was the leanest... Again, bear in mind, I've competed a few years before this. I was much leaner than this, best I'd ever looked, and I was like four weeks out. I was, I was going to peak well for that show in juniors. And as I said, left a very good paid job, took a big risk on this, really saw this like show as like my chance to springboard a new career. Um, and then COVID hit, uh, four weeks out. And this is like the first wave when everything was just boom, nada. Um, so obviously living at home then, difficult uh, environment because again my parents are very passionate about their work they don't they didn't like to be home either so there was a lot of tension in the house um, and yeah man I fucking binge didn't handle it too well it handled the first like two three weeks very well which was surprising but then after I just kind of got in my own head too much um, one of my there was a friend of mine who killed herself during that time as well and that really got to me mm-hmm. um, and yeah man shit just wasn't wasn't good at that point so uh binge was bad mm. very cyclical behavior and i just said look cal this is nothing to do with you i knew right then he was the going to be the best coach by far um i said this is just something i have to take ownership of mm. i can't outsource this i can't blame you i can't look for you for to help me through these problems this isn't your area of expertise mm. and no matter whose opinion you're getting from it it's still you who needs to do the work so i took ownership mm. And I remember, like, this This is polar opposite. I'm just sharing my experience. I'm not giving, like, advice for people dealing with binging. Because this is the opposite of what they say. And I tried it. They say, like, don't over-restrict on the back end of it. Mm. After a really bad binge, I fasted for, like, I think it was, like, 42 hours. Felt fine. Didn't binge since then. Because I think it's kind of gone through that period of accepting that hunger is okay. Mm being familiar with the feeling of mm. hunger that really kind of shone through for me mm. um, and yeah I just thought that was strange I was like that was my last my last episode mm. and I just kind of got back to normal that's wild man mm. uh, it's something that I've never really like struggled with is that this whole binge like so it's like it's I've had the cues mm. to be like I sleep eat <laughs> yeah, yeah. not the same yeah. But still, it's sim- it similar in the sense of your body's like searching for something more than it, if that makes sense. So it's like, it's there, but it's um, it's a challenge to deal with. Yeah. Like I, I can't. It's maturity, man. Like I was only 20 years is, old at the yeah. time. You know yeah. what I mean? It's a, but it's that acceptance of if I have a client that's literally gone off plan and smashing shitloads of food. And I, you know, see, we know we've experienced it. We've, we've seen it firsthand. We know what the signs are when mm-hmm. people just duck and cover and just disappear yeah when they go it's like, incognito it's like yeah, a big problem like, yeah it is a big problem <laughs> yeah. and it's just like that that 
sending me a message later on being like, hey Alex, I fucked up. I'm like, sweet, let's, that's fucking mint. I'm glad you fucking finally texted me and told yeah, me. Because yeah. now we can do something about it. Yes. And it's until you, ownership. Yeah, until that ownership comes through as an individual, it's like, what do you want me to do? Yeah. yeah, we can't help you no. on a problem that we are unaware no. of. Like we might be aware that there is a problem, but like just say, okay, there's something going on with them. Was there a family bereavement? Was there whatever? And like, in a way, it doesn't really matter what the problem was. It just means we have to have like an open dialogue about it. Mm-hmm. And if we don't know what's going on, we can't begin that dialogue. Yeah. yeah. So talk to your coach. Like literally, WhatsApp text away, mm-hmm. um, because you might say, okay, cool. Like I'll fill them in. When it comes from a check-in, that's four days away. Maybe something else, like, again, snowball effect is how these things usually go. Um, you're feeling down. You say, okay, check-in's only three days away, two days away, then bang, something else happens. Then you feel like you can't communicate it because you're being overwhelmed again. Mm-hmm. Address it as soon as it comes up. And just say, hey, struggle with this. Uh, this is an issue. I'm feeling this way. Um, I'm not asking for a solution right now, but just context. Mm-hmm. I think the, the, the best thing to do as well is kind of like mitigate any kind of like, because obviously we're all going to get cravings post-show. I was going to do a reel on this. Okay. We all get cravings post-show. And mitigating that, does it doesn't mean you don't have to be able to enjoy nice food. So like still have food with your family post-show. Yeah. Still enjoy that time. But then realize once I step away from that environment and I'm going back to my house or whatever it is, don't, once you've been out for the meal, mm. You get back on plan, you don't have that food stockpiled. Yeah. You don't have it readily available. Like have little bits by all means, like enjoy yourself. Like I've been on plan, but I was things that have slipped into my mouth over the last couple of weeks that I've completely not tracked. Like, oh it's free calories, you know what I mean? It's just like oh you turn a blind eye to it and that's fine as long as that doesn't go too fucking far. Yeah. If that makes sense. So you can still have that f- flexibility without turning it into a, in a mad one. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, so don't have things like fully stockpiled. You don't need to buy twelve fucking cookies. Mm. You don't. You don't. Yeah. It's just not necessary. So kind of creating that calorie buffer and having a few things you kind of add in and mix and match. Like Nibble. let's say you're having like cream of rice on the daily and like you really like chocolate bars and you usually have like dark chocolate on it. Like maybe just like mix it in every now and then. It's like you yeah. stick with that cream of rice meal and then maybe have like half a chocolate bar with that. Like yeah. It's going to be what? 100 cows. Yeah. 100 cows not going to be an issue. No. If you have six chocolate bars back to back to back yeah, to back problem. to back, problem. Yeah. Simple. But then you call yourself out on that. Yeah. And be like, okay, what have I done? Mm. If you, if, as long as you've got that acknowledgement of being like, eh, you know what? That was uh, probably not okay. Mm. Like, you know, like, <laughs> let's, you can work let's, through it. let's not do that again. But then that's a small, like, incidental thing that you called your own bullshit out on. That doesn't have to be, like, referred to your coach. Be like, I ate six chocolate bars today. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, fix me. <laughs> <laughs> I would be like, well, that's not really a huge problem. But the fact that you're aware of it is hey, great. Hey, I ate 12 cookies. Yeah. And I have a dinosaur. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, I fucked up. Like, what happened? Yeah. It's like, it ain't that big of a deal. If you're doing it day in, day out, and it's, like, a regular pattern, and you're completely off plan, you've got zero structure to your day, you're not training, you're not doing this... Then we are fucking yeah issue, structure right? structure because obviously we talked about that like in the pre prep phase it's just important post prep yeah like you need to keep that there because you otherwise like everything's gonna go tits up you've worked so long working towards this goal and like you've probably counted down the fucking dates why do you have that like little fucking gay ass app on your phone like this day counter mm. forty two days till Bali <laughs> um, <laughs> fifty five days till Brittany um, but yeah you need to keep that there because otherwise like you're striving towards this goal you and then let's say you achieve it or don't 
like what the fuck now what happens after yeah yeah like yeah. what are you looking towards and then when yeah. you don't have any justification for staying on plan that's when you kind of go off plan yeah um, but the realisation though is is that nothing's changed mm. you meet your goal or you don't and it's the same goal the next day and this is why it's very important to dissociate goals and values yes. because you could have the goal of getting on stage which is cool but then after you get there like it's it's, it's like fucking 30 seconds like, yeah. just disappears um, and then values is I am someone who looks after my health I do cardio on a regular basis I um, I strive for improvement in my physique mm. now it's it's gone from a contest prep into an off season. I now want to add tissue, but my values are still aligned with getting better each day. Yeah, you need to have those values, not say, "Oh, my goal is to be leaner when I go on holidays in four weeks' time." What happens after holidays? You get fat again. What happens in holiday? You, you get, get fat. fat. <laughs> yeah. You literally get turned up on your holiday, get on the plane. Yeah, I've heard of people, not my client, one of my friends, um, lost like fucking fourteen kilo over like ten weeks. Went on a seven to ten day all inclusive, put on ten kilo. So, fucking hell, man! And so the rate of regain, the rate of we, regain, the rate of regain, <laughs> um, astronomical. That's gonna be blood pressure issues left, right, and centre. That's just painful. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine the ankles? The water which the ankles. Yeah, wait, it literally was like. Mm, yeah. But that just comes down to fucking self control again. But it is literally that. It's like from what you just said. It is the goal. The goal doesn't change. You still have to have those values set in place to continue to strive to be better every single day. And if you're a bodybuilder, if you're a real bodybuilder, that doesn't fucking change. You get off that stage. Yeah, have that flexibility. Have that enjoyment. Spend time with your family. Let your hair down for a week. Let your hair down for two weeks. Whatever it is that you need. But even in that time of letting your hair down, that structure's still implemented and that structure's still in place. Hence why me, myself, for example, I you act in accordance of being a pro because you have to have that mindset before you achieve the fucking goal. Yes. So hence why I'm here sat in a position of like, I'm two kilos up in a week, just over. You know what I mean? It's like, I won't let that slip. My rate of gain has to be incredibly slow because if I fuck that up, I'm fucking up me. And you know what I mean? And like, that doesn't showcase me to be in control yeah. and that has to be in control in order for me to get to where it is that I'm at because if, if, in these next couple of months if I fuck that up at any point I got a problem yeah yeah and that two kilos in that first week again it's context of the first week post show it's, it's, it's not saying two kilos every week no no, no. Yeah. maybe a pound just like a pound two yeah. kilos every week <laughs> That's a problem. You know what I mean? That, that is the danger zone. Like that's when your body's going to be most receptive to like carb intake, water, uh, water and everything, salt, rehydration, everything. Like just the dehydration process itself, you're going you're to gain a massive influx of water. Yeah. So it's just like you just need to be incredibly careful. Yeah. I want to um, go back to um, that initial kind of like when we're talking about like off-plan eating and post-show eating. Um, I had a few calls with Paul Sandal about this stuff. Um, actually, we had him on this podcast. Um but yeah, when we talk about like the value of that meal post-show, it's so fucking high because of the level of restriction that's preceded it. Mm. So like that's why you see every bikini bitch you ever does a big fucking donut when they still have the earrings and fake tan, donuts covered in fake tans, like and they get their friends to take a video and they're like, uh they haven't like orgasmed like that in about five months. Um 
but that's because of how long they've went without it mm. if if that sets your expectation for every donut that you have post show and then you have another one like two three days later it's not as good it doesn't scratch that itch the mm. same way the first one did and then you try again and it's just like oh, maybe I need to get a different one maybe it was, <laughs> maybe it was the Biscoff or maybe oh, maybe this white chocolate one is like the reason why it's not as good like no accept them as like it's so much nicer because of how much you've restricted yeah. leading up to that. So you need to restrict yourself if you want to enjoy it like that again. Mm. You know what I mean? Like if you're fucking having a wank five times a day, you're not going to like feel, <laughs> yeah. you're not going to feel that shit. You know what I mean? If you go like five months without tapping a thing, yeah, it's, you're going to bust it up. Yeah, I busted it up. <laughs> <laughs> I busted it so hard. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, ah! <laughs> It hurts, it hurts. <laughs> 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 um, Cradle me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Banter. Anyway, honestly, man, it's been a fucking roller coaster of a season. There's more I'd, t- I'd, t- I'd like to talk about on the on the topic. Like, I feel like, but you know, right? Yeah, the value of that show. The what? The no, in, just in the more of like the. Um, like the way that the, the, the categories are placed. Like two bros, you can do you can do classic bodybuilding, you can do bodybuilding, you can do open, you can do men's physique all in one day. So it's like you can do everything. Okay. So there's like you can cross platforms. And so it's like obviously Louis who won his pro card was a notorious classic bodybuilder. Um, and then obviously he came down to men's physique um, to do to do men's physique. Okay. And then it just feels like obviously from 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 that standing point, it's like he looks phenomenal, but he's a classic guy. He's got the legs of classic. He's got the tissue density of classic because they have to remain in the weight cap, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. So in classic, if you don't know, you've got height categories, but you've also got a weight cap, which is a different weight cap than if it would be a pro. Mm. Men's physique is literally height category, no cap. So what we're seeing, what you're seeing a lot right now is a lot of interchange between classic physique and men's physique. Yeah. Men's so, physique going to classic physique, classic physique going to men's physique, especially from an amateur level. Yeah. Um, so Louis has a lot of tissue on his shorter frame. Yeah. So he struggled to make the classic cap. He didn't make the classic cap for the regionals. Um, but obviously in the pursuit of trying to make that, he had sucked down and he came in kind of flat, uh, leading into the pro qualifier. Then he's accepted that he didn't, he wasn't going to make the classic cap, mm. so he decided to because he could now come in whatever weight he wanted. He managed to come in a lot fuller mm. and looked much sharper then at the pro qualifier. Yeah. But now there's a kind of caveat, and I guess this is what you're getting at now, is that now that he has his pro card and that weight cap for classic has increased, he's going he to go can back, go to, back classic. to classic. Yeah. Yeah. yeah which which is like. I respect that the you know him as an athlete. I respect the way that he looked. I don't like the way that it's run. That gives you the flexibility and the opportunity to to make that decision. Okay, so this is more like a, a go at the way you can turn classic. Sorry, you can turn pro in MP and then go into you can, classic. Yeah, you can discard it. So like this, from from my standing point, like this am, isn't you like having having a go at Louis. Yeah, no, absolutely not. From, from my standing point, it's like everything I do is men's physique. I love men's physique. Like, this is not an attack at anyone this is just like this is just more of like me speaking my mind I am men's physique through and through my whole business is men's physique men's physique clothing men's physique coaching 
pretty much absolutely everything. So it's just like that. It's it's just it's just it's just a it was it was wild because I've never experienced it myself for someone to come down and then absolutely rinse everyone yeah, yeah. <laughs> to, to be like wait a minute what the fuck just happened yeah, but then yeah. you look at everything individually and you look at the footage and you look at it and you're like you know what he is better and that's the reality say, like he yeah. is a hundred percent better yeah. and it's just it, and that's that's crazy from from my standing point to be like fuck me I am so men's physique. But there's somebody who's come down from that, who's got more tissue, more density, and absolutely everything, but still fits my category. Yeah. So it, it's more so, it hurts based off your passion for this Mentally, yeah, yeah, yeah. Rather than, like, anything to do with, like, politics or how no. things are run. It's, yes. it's just, it sucks to show, and I'm kind of, like, cautious of using the term, like, genetically gifted, because, like, I think Lou's also a very good Mm. I don't think he's just one of those. Like, no, 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 he's things. in the industry for such a long time. He's pushed on fucking hard. Um, and it just kind of it hurts to kind of like realize that, like, look, he's right now. He is better than me. Yeah, at this. Um, and I think I'm kind of in such that. a short period of time as well. Yeah, yeah. It's just refined the tempi. Literally, very, all he's done is that ref- because, as I say, like they've got a whole cap. Mm. So they've got to hold that weight. They've got to hold that weight and the whole weight. And then in his off season, he's obviously gone a little bit past that which obviously meant that he couldn't come down to weight for classic mm. which meant that by doing that he's just all he's needed to do is literally just refine his physique and put on a pair of board shorts and he's now men's physique yeah and that's in, and I've seen more and more of this like it's not just in this case in, in, in isolated it's like that, that interchangeability between classic and men's physique and there's been that conversation for such a long period of time it's like is men's physique becoming classic in its nose? Like, is classic becoming men's physique? Like, there needs to be some kind of like differentiation between how yeah. it, how it works. I'm just trying to think practically, like, how the fuck could how that even be? How the fuck would you do that exactly? Applied, yeah. Um, it, it's a fucking sticky one. So it is um, a sticky one. Yeah, it, it just I, I see what you're saying, but as I said, like, I'm glad that you said that because, like, I've struggled with that post show, like, even on show day. Um, like, I was sitting beside Zach when when fucking when you didn't get it, like, I I, I sat there, I cried. Yeah, but honestly, I was broke. Um, but like I was just like just there, like, oh. <laughs> and literally like it, it took me a minute. Like a couple of people even started checking in on me. I was like, right, just just give me a minute, um, because again, that's like me knowing how much that meant to you on yeah. that day, especially especially being four um, years clean. That was it. I yeah. was butt hurt so yeah. bad, man. But it just it took me a while to kind of like to actually acknowledge if it was like my. <sighs> emotional bias towards mm. you or if that was a, a fair calling on the yeah. day yeah. you know what I mean because like I think looking at you dead on versus Louie I'm thinking Alex is better front shot more MP um, better posing but then on the rear obviously like Louie is a lot yeah, thicker it's just madness on the rear yeah like he, he just has, has the legs he has the fucking yeah. huge ass quads fucking huge calves and I'm just like yeah, I so like it, a pencil it took, down there, bro. It, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it took me a while to kind of like dissociate that with emotional bias. Um, yeah. And in a way, this is the way I explained it afterwards. I think looking at you two comparatively, again, with my bias, I think you are better. But then when it came through to the pro show, if I was to imagine yes. you up on stage there, no. I think I think Louis looked more comfortable yeah. on a pro show. Yeah. I think you would have looked washed out. You would have faded and this is there very got, quickly. This is Even it. though I think side by side, I would have had you. Yeah. So it's very dichotomous in that This way. is what I was saying. I was doing a story on this a couple of days ago. And it's that the ultimate, like, ultimately, 
I am not ready to be pro just yet. Hence why it's important for me to take proper off-season and make the additional adjustments and the additional growth that I need. Exactly as I said, like it would have been the wrong decision and I'm glad Louis did win because seeing him on that pro stage, he did fit in. He yeah. looked fucking phenomenal. Like, I'm, I'm not ever taking anything away from anyone. Like I'm grateful that he did win his pro card and he was, he, he was rightfully did win, you know, um, and he did fit into that into that mix which is fucking awesome to see for me myself like looking at the two of us on the stage it's two very different looks incredibly two very different looks two different ways of posing two different ways of presenting etc etc but then you bring Sheridan into the mix and compare Louis and Sheridan very similar that more like stocky fucking full you know like there was only a point between them yeah so like that's what they were looking for on the day so it's like as a as an athlete the point I think I'm trying to make here is it doesn't fucking matter what you think about yourself. It matters what the judges think on the day. Yeah. And that's the reality of it. It doesn't make a difference what category you've come from, where it is that you come from. The fact is you're on that stage presenting to the best of your ability and the ultimate result is that of the judges, yeah. not of your own. And I think it's for, and not to call you like an Instagram bodybuilder or an Instagram MP no. athlete. But it is very difficult to gauge that level of like density and thickness. Yeah, against someone Instagram. else. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like when it comes through, like on the day, it's like you can see that a little bit more, and that's why I'd always again be cautious of people who are like really good on Instagram but have never competed, you never see them in person. Yeah, um, there there is a big difference there. Yeah, Instagram ain't real life, man. Yeah, in a million years. And that's why I like I still have like apprehensions about how I'm gonna look on stage because like yeah, I know I look fucking good. Yeah, I know I look good on, on in pictures, but I'm like, it's a big difference when you actually suck it all down and when you get, like obviously I know I'm much leaner than when I was at this body weight last time, but I'm also still pretty fucking young. You know what I mean? And I haven't been in off yeah, season that long. Maturity. Yeah, like, I, mm-hmm. it sounds like such a like, um, uh, what would be the term? Like, just a really kind of like bro-ish way of explaining or kind of like a, a faux bodybuilding expert term to use but like when you actually see it like time and time again you can actually see what they're talking about like oh yeah like that's that's dense tissue there old man muscle mm. yeah. that's what difference like oh, I'm 30 33 this year that's fucking tragic mm. so I'm 33 this year and you're what 25 as <laughs> exactly so it's like the years and difference of training bearing in mind like and like I wasn't planning on doing this prep like I was supposed to no. take a year and a half two years off season and literally finished prep like less than a year ago um, then ran that 10 week health phase 150 weeks TRT and then had another kind of like health phase in between them and I got like the hair transplant so it's really only been like maybe 8, 7, 8 months of a push up which is fucking wild like that's not enough to justify a prep in my opinion but how things have moved during that but the, tissue, the tissue you have good gained is good tissue Yeah, it's like Jack Jack Parkin, yeah, yeah. my client, he's only been with me for 30, 34, 36 weeks. Yeah. And he's gained 10, 10 kilos of tissue. Mm. So you don't know until you pull back. Yeah. And Jack's like, I don't want to prep. And I was like, no, it's a fine. You don't have to prep. But deep inside, I'm like, yeah. that bitch is prepping now. We're doing a photo shoot yeah. on stage. Yeah, on stage. You're going to get some PCA pictures, bro. <laughs> but yeah, it would be a tragedy to like not see what it is that you've done. Because that just does give you an ability... Especially being in, in a younger age, 
mm. does give you an ability to kind of like go away, reassess, and then if you do want to do a two-year push-up, because it is a big fucking commitment, man. Mm. A two-year push-up, it's an uncomfortable position. Yeah, or the other side of it is like the complacency that settles in there. Like yeah. people say, ah, oh, I've two years, I'll just kind of coast through it. Eight months goes by, they've yeah. not made much progress, so maybe they have made in the first year, and then they kind of slack off, and then it's like... You're kind of just getting fat and not much more tissue. Yeah. Um, Easter so like, training. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter how long you take off or how long you don't take off. It's what you do in that time. Mm. Like, time passes regardless. You need to actually be proactive in what you do during that. Um, and that's, like, within any phase. Like, that's the same way of saying, like, oh, I'm doing a 20-week prep. I'm like, okay, cool. But, like, if you're not really pushing that hard, does it matter how long your prep is? No. Like, I could, I could get someone peeled in, like, 10 weeks. Yeah. like if they're ready to fucking suffer like, yeah. again it's why you have other people go through like rapid fat loss phases I have Jordan who uh, decided to do one um, I think three and a half weeks pulled off six kilo six, no more than that when he touched it was, yeah, it was about seven kilo we pulled off and that was with like a, a high day each week so it wasn't even like a full rapid fat loss phase I remember when I first started with Joe as well when I was, went over to Joe Jeffrey like two years ago um he said, right, cool, we could either, option A right now, we could diet you down, like a mini cut, like eight-ish week to facilitate this next push-up, or if you want to suffer, we could wrap it up in three. And I was like, three <laughs> weeks, <yeah. laughs> let's go. I think we pulled off like 11 kilos. In three weeks? Yeah. That was literally, from week one, dog and the prep, it was protein, sparing, modified fast. This wasn't like a high day. This was like, I think we actually ended up wrapping up in like 18 days. Yeah, so 18 days, and it was just 250 grams of protein, veggies, no fats, for that 18 days. Clem went straight in at like 40 or 80 micrograms, and... I don't think my body would be able to cope with that, though. But that's saying, like, for such a short period of time, you can, and especially when you're fat, like, you have the reserves. Yeah, 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 you definitely have the reserves, yeah. Mm. Not, not you. Yeah. You, definitely. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> You got mad reserves. Bro, you got you got loads of energy <laughs> over there, man. You ready to hibernate? Yeah, yeah, yeah. My guys, my guys sitting there like a bear, motherfucker. <laughs> Shit, good stuff, man. Wrap it. Yeah, man. That's a that's a wrap up. Because what post post show show recap post show um, future plans future plans um, important differences in goals and values again. Just fucking reiterate that. Like, yes, you need to have a goal, but if you're thinking long term. Or, like, if you're worried about how things are going to go after that goal, you need to get your fucking values aligned. Mm. Um, and yeah, probably some good ones, but... Sick. Appreciate it, mate. Oh. Right.